This is the 40th episode of Doubly Negative, and we got a big one for you. The talented, compassionate, and quite handsome Nick returns. He's a therapist from the 21st episode, and he's on to talk about issues raised in the 39th episode. He was on before Kyle even started therapy, and when Kyle discussed therapy in the 39th episode, he had some notes, and he requested a discussion. Well, here it is. So we hope you enjoy the episode. Please download, rate, subscribe, follow, go to the Patreon, do all that, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Yeah, sometimes you just really want to bang your patient, but you can't. Like, is that a problem for you? You know? Yeah, right. That is something that's clearly unethical, clearly not good, uh, and is something that's warranting of me getting my license taken away, right? Say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 40. Definitely episode 40. Of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris, here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Tired. Yeah. Yeah, even though we gave you the extra hour that you requested, which was very beneficial for me as well, actually, because I was at dinner and I didn't get back to like 9 o'clock. Anyway, so it worked out perfectly. So today... We are following up on episode 39, where we talk about Kyle getting his diagnosis. Do you want to give a little bit of a recap? Well, yeah, I just want to clarify there. I did not get a diagnosis. Oh, oh, oh. Potential diagnosis. See, this is why I need to bring yeah, you yeah, in. Yeah. So, Kyle, give a little recap, and then we'll get right into it. All right, it. yeah. So, I've been talking to a therapist for a little over a month, I think. I, I think I had four or five sessions with him. Not exactly sure, but... Um, we got to a point where we had discussed uh, me, and, and this is this is the point. I don't think he, I don't think he's qualified to give a diagnosis. I don't I don't know, but I discussed my feelings that I might have bipolar type two, and then we started on a new topic when I talked about um, the food type of stuff that me and you usually talk about on this podcast, and we discussed it being a potential eating disorder, and that's when I think he felt he was out of his depth, and he said he had to talk to his supervisor, and he would get back to me. And then, uh, anyway, I went to Jakarta, so I had to reschedule our appointment. We were supposed to talk, I don't know, he said, how about Friday? And then I responded a couple days late. I said, Friday works for me, but then he never responded. So I have not had that follow-up discussion with him, unfortunately. However, we did email a little bit, and he, and I asked him about um, what his supervisor said. And he said he would still be able to talk to me, but they might recommend that I find someone local. So that was kind of the follow-up to that but i'm sure there would be more when i talk to him for real okay so it's kind of what you were thinking about doing anyway so maybe you are an expert you know uh you said maybe i'll just find someone local and i said follow through so maybe you are that three-stripe white belt well we have a real expert here so i don't want to give myself any yes that's where i was getting we have a black belt in nick (laughs) fill in the blank uh your major your major. What'd you major in? What are you doing now? Um, so my my major was in counseling psychology, but um, but so like what I do, I'm a licensed mental health therapist, so an LMHC. So for our regular listeners, you've heard this voice before. This yeah. is Nick. He joined us before. He's our first recurring guest, two time recurring guest. So check for that shirt in the mail, <laughs> recurring guest shirt. So it's on the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, do we do we have that? Um, is that a thing? Yeah. I'm, I'll I'll have my people package it up and send it Um, (laughs) i'll be looking i'll be looking forward to it i want to give you two the floor a little bit because nick you had messaged me and said you had a few things that you wanted to make note of while listening to the last episode 
So um, give us a little feedback. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot uh, to it. But um, but I just kind of wanted to start by just saying, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a loyal listener uh, to the pod. I'm a friend of the show, obviously, as a, you know, first-time recurring guest. Friend of the program. Um, a friend of the program. Uh and uh, and and so when I listen every week, I try to listen through that that sort of lens, right? Uh, as a as a loyal listener, as a friend of the show, uh, you know, instead of as a as a therapist who who does this for a living, as you know, as a as my profession, right? And um, and as I think I shared the last time I was on, um, you know, I generally get a lot out of out of what we you know what you guys talk about, um, both personally, just you know, on a, on a personal level, but also on a professional level, but. Uh, when I listened last time, I had a hard time, you know, admittedly, I think separating myself from being, you know, an everyday consumer of the pod or every week rather consumer of the pod, um, and being like a clinical professional. Um, and I, cause there's just so much stuff I wanted to respond to. I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to touch on that. I want to talk about that. Like, uh, I think, feel like it would have been good to, to have, you know, some, some, uh, some insight into some of that. So that's kind of why, why I appreciate you guys uh, having me back on. Uh, and give me a platform here to sort of reflect on some of that stuff and hopefully again provide some some insight yeah so i was super pumped when you messaged me because i can imagine you sitting there as a professional me and kyle asking each other questions and like pondering a bit and you sitting there like this is the answer you fucking idiots it's right here (laughs) this is why yeah i don't think it was necessarily (laughs) that bad but uh but yeah no there was definitely times where i'm like oh like you know so close or like ah like i want to you know i want to interject right here and say something um, which I mean, again, doing this for, you know, you guys obviously don't do this for a living, so I don't expect you to have all the answers clearly. Um, but, uh, and yeah. it, you know, I know it's just, you guys just, you know, expressing your, uh, your, your own lived experience, which is obviously, uh, super, super important to, you know, ha- again, have a platform like this where you guys can just share that and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I just kind of had some thoughts, you know, as a clinical professional, which hopefully could fill in some of the gaps as far as potentially, you know, again, so, uh, maybe it's also helpful to preface that like, you know, I don't. Um, I don't want to sort of speak on behalf of, I, you know, I, obviously right now we're kind of talking more towards, you know, Kyle and his, his relationship with his therapist, but um, just in general, I don't want to speak like on behalf of either of your therapists. I don't know, you know, and I say this with all my new clients too, like I don't know other therapist styles and, and you know, strategies, techniques, approaches, you know, everybody's a little bit different in how they go about structuring their sessions and what are the things that they focus on and yada, yada, yada. Um, and so I don't mean to like criticize them or mess with any sort of you know, mess with your perception of, of them or their credibility or whatever, but I'm more just kind of sort of speaking as, as another clinician who does this for a living and, um, wanted to, again, provide as much insight as I could on a lot of the topics you guys talked about, about like, you know, you talked a lot about sort of jumping to conclusions, you know, potentially this therapist jumping to conclusions, um, you know, and the, then questioning sort of the qualifications of the therapist and, um, medication and stigma around mental health and all this other stuff. So, um, so again, hopefully I can provide as much as I can. Uh, to the, and, to the uh, discussion. Well, I think uh, I, I appreciate the kind words in the in the first place, and I think you've done very careful prefacing. So uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I think I think we can go yeah, and get into it. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, sure. Yeah. Do you want me to just? Yeah. Lead off. What's your your first note? What's the first thing that you said? I need to address this. Oh, jeez. Um, I know it's tough to put you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't prepare for this at all. I wasn't like Nick. This is what we're going to ask you. This is what we're going to go about. We literally were just like, "All right, you ready to go?" And we started recording. So, um, yeah. yeah, you could do it in a more general way, or, yeah. or you could reference specific things. And if you want us to actually recap a little bit, I, I can absolutely do that. Um, but 
uh, but yeah, whatever your thoughts are, we'd love to hear them. I mean, we're, we're the pleasure's all ours. Yeah. Here. Well, as far as the, the you know the comments, it was. I mean, I guess the things that would stand out were like obviously it goes in order, right? Like as you you know as you're talking, it's like oh I wanted to respond to that thing, and then another comment is made like oh I want to respond to that thing. So I don't know if anything necessarily stands out as like the biggest blunder or the biggest you know topic that I wanted to talk about or whatever. But did you make notes? Um, yeah, I did. I did make a, some notes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like. I mean, and again, I also don't want to like feel like we're going like line by line with anything. But, um, but just, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, which I mean. Well, we've had that before. <laughs> is is that a thing? <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of the criticism episode where we kind of went line by line. But I guess oh, that was yes. us going line by line. So yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> which I, I liked that that episode. Yeah, um, but. Um, but yeah, so so I guess one of the things too, I guess in the lead up to his ultimate like decision to sort of say like ah maybe I'm not qualified or uh, potentially jump into conclusions about uh, diagnosing or you know or, or whatnot. Um, one of the things that I guess stuck out to me was um, yeah, and you had actually kind of made a, a comment about um, to, you know using these sort of therapy buzzwords, and uh, I think you even said on there like. Uh, using exaggerated sort of like language to sort of exaggerate symptoms uh, and whatnot, um, which I guess I wanted to get your sort of thoughts on that comment. Uh, that is that necessarily, you know, is that fair to say that you're exaggerating your symptoms, that you're, again, using these sort of buzzwords to yeah. sort of connect? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're referring to when, so when the eating disorder thing first came up, I was kind of explaining that Sometimes when I feel super low, uh, I, I cope by eating. And then I was the one to suggest that maybe it was a form of self-harm. And I was kind of going into my own thought processes. And I wasn't trying to come out and say, I use food to hurt myself. <clears throat> I, I mentioned to Chris, even on the podcast, like I was being, I think I was being a bit pretentious and a, a bit above my level psychologically. I was trying to say, well, maybe if I was on the other end of this with no training, I would say this is a form of self-harm anyway. I think using that phrase self-harm might have set off alarm bells in his head. I'm kind of just guessing what was going on, but but it seemed when I used that phrase self-harm, then he went to the phrase eating disorder, and then that's when things got more uh, intense, I guess. I think that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, so I guess like on a... a first piece I would just say is just, uh, you know, in general, when you're meeting with the therapist, I guess I would caution against using, you know, uh, using, you know, if again, using your own language thing that was like exaggerating your symptoms or whatever, you know, I would guess I would just caution against doing that just because you might run the risk that like your therapist then potentially leads to jumping to conclusions because based on the impression that you're giving, you know, again, I, I can't speak for exactly what you said or whatever, but um, if you're, you know, again, just hypothetically stress, stressing, you know, that potentially this is binge eating behavior or this is self-harm or, you know, again, some of those like sort of buzzwords, um, I could understand a therapist's perspective of, of sort of like, oh, then this must, this must be kind of the case. Right. Um, uh, but obviously if, if that's not, you know, weren't necessarily going that far, I, I also kind of agree with what you're saying that that certainly seems like an overreach, right. Or like sort of you know, seem, seems to be a stretch to assume that based on what you've said, in, at least in the last pa in the last pod, but also in, in previous uh, pods as well, because again, I, I listen every week, um, I, I think it would be a stretch to assume, you know, an eating, eating disorder just based on what you said. Um, that certainly wouldn't be, you know, uh, a 
thing that I would throw out there, or like an, you know, uh, a stretch that I would make. Um, so I, I think well, I to be agree fair, um, and this is something I wanted to bring up too. Uh, so to be totally fair to my therapist, and um, I, I don't know if I was fair enough, but something I wanted to bring up is, of course, I'm going to speak differently in my sessions than I will on the podcast, than I will to my girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And, um, and also, uh, I, I agree with, I agree with you, um, about avoiding those terms. If maybe you're not qualified, like maybe I'm not, I guess I was trying to save time because I don't know. I, I guess those ter- those, those, those phrases are like they're heuristics they're, they're shortcuts like instead of me yeah. saying i think i eat too much sometimes it's just me kind of putting it out there and then i would think it would be i would think the responsibility would be on him to dive deeper and and he did a little bit and we discussed things and i i, I don't know but but that's why i i use those terms and i'm not even necessarily sure i shouldn't have but i but i do get your point too um so, so that's tough for me. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, that was, that was also a comment I was going to make just as far as, you know, the, the level of transparency that, you know, that was required for, you know, in a session versus in a pod, you know, in the podcast, I would imagine is probably not necessarily the, you know, whatever, which, you know, not, not going to share the same kind of information, but, um, just based on what was, what was said in the pod, which is all I can really go off of. Um, I, I kind of also felt that was a bit of a, an overstep. And, and also, yeah, well, oh, I was also going to say, like, I think it also speaks to, again, another comment you had made is that, you know, uh, speaks to potentially his own, more, it says more about, I think, his own insecurities, potentially, um, that, like, feeling in over their head or whatever, um, more than anything it does about you specifically or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, that's exactly what it was. I, I was going to say something, but you kind of just covered it. So yeah, keep going, keep going with that. What, what do you, I'm sure you had a comment about that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, doing this line of work, I can, uh, I can certainly relate, uh, to that, to like being in that type of position. Cause there's certainly been times where I've, you know, been faced with similar issues where I was like sort of clearly not, not qualified, um, to deal with a potential, you know, potential issue that they, that they expressed to me. Um, so so yeah, I, and, and I've have potentially sort of jumped the gun saying like, whoa, like I'm not sure. Right. Um, so again, I think that speaks more to, uh, again, I don't know this guy. I don't know, you know, what his underlying psyche or whatever. Um, but I, I'd be willing to, to wager that the, the reason that he jumped to, to a conclusion that quickly probably again, does speak more to him hearing, hearing some of those buds words being like, whoa, I don't know what I'm, you know, again, I'm in over my head. I'm not sure exactly everything there is to know about this thing. Um, so maybe I should, you know, sort of refer, refer out. Um, so the analogy I used to like kind of describe how he was feeling, I kind of drew the relationship back to like the restaurant where, yeah. oh, I'm qualified as a server. I don't know how to make drinks though. This guy knows how to make drinks. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he has his own insecurities. It could just be, Hey, I'm not trained to deal in this like lane. Like this isn't my lane. Yeah, well, I can give it to someone whose lane it is. Yeah. Well, my perception of the um, the insecurity is just that because it was such a a big jump to go from some of the comments. It was j- within one session. Yeah. yeah for okay. some of the comments that were made to the ultimate conclusion that he seemed to to go to. That that I guess would be again. I don't know what what he's thinking, but that would be my perception. Um, of, of the well, certain- one of my sorry to cut you off there, but one of my biggest 
questions, I guess, for you, and this is something I was thinking during the session after, I think we posed it on the podcast too. Should he have said that right there? Because I think it, with, with absolutely no training, but if I'm in his shoes, I probably would have kept that to myself. I, I don't know if he needed to voice that concern. And, and that was what Chris and I talked about. He kind of ran the risk of losing me. And he still is running that risk by kind of scaring me off. So, so I'm wondering, in, in that situation, do you voice that to, to the person you're talking to? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, absolutely. I mean, there's certain ways that you can't, you know, probably better and worse ways to, to say that, right? Um, I mean, he certainly could have said, you know, any number of things that would be like, you know, make you turn your head. I mean, from what you said, it didn't seem like anything really jumped out as far as like how he, how he said it. I mean, we do, I mean, we do have like a code of ethics that we have to abide by as clinical professionals. So depending on, you know, if he's a social worker or therapist, like whatever his sort of, um, you know, title or license is in, um, he, he follows a particular code of ethics, which I do as well. Right. Um, and that sort of outlines essentially what we can and can't do. Um, and it's, it's pretty vague. Uh, a lot of it can be very, pretty vague some of it's very very explicit like this is what you can and can't do um and so one of those rules is essentially to like to do to do no harm to your clients right which i think you might have an argument that if i'm not qualified to meet with this person or to 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 give them this the type of quality of service that they need um then you're sort of doing you're you know actively doing harm to your client because in theory you could you know if there is another viable option who is qualified and you're you know there's sort of a cost associated with me not referring them right um because they could have be working with somebody who is qualified who does know what they're talking about on this particular topic and so by me continuing to hold on to this client is you know is unethical uh first off um yeah because that makes sense because like you said you're the guy do no harm yeah he's not going to sit there and give you advice on something he doesn't know much about nothing doesn't know much about but that he's yeah. not like that's not a specialty well, to paint a picture of the exact situation the reason i'm saying what i'm saying is because what he said to me is i gotta talk to my supervisor yeah and then he kind of started talking about the next steps he's like this is what you may need blah 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 but in order to really go anywhere after that he needed to talk to his supervisor so the scenario that I'm um, offering in his shoes, the choice was to say it there, then and there, which is more transparent. And, and maybe he does uh, do no harm by, by letting me make my own decision. But it seemed to me that it might have been more uh, safe uh, to kind of keep that to himself. And maybe at the end of the session say, well, I'm going to have to talk to my supervisor about some of the things we talked about. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time instead of getting really heavy in the middle of that session and kind of saying right then and there, we might be done. Right. Like that, that's pretty much I, what he said. I, he, he I, said, I, I got to talk to my supervisor. That. I might not be able to help you. I'm not sure. And, and that's what I'm asking you. I'm not sure if that should have been voiced. Um, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a problem in, in saying that again. I mean, I think he's being trying to be as transparent and as open and honest as he can be that like, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm not qualified to do this. And I wish I was right. Um, you know, cause it, it also it, like, it gets complicated too. And it's a situation like this where like you're already have an established relationship and you've been working together for a little bit. And like, then you learn something potentially that like you're not qualified to deal with. Right. And, and that's, again, I've been in, in that position before where, 
maybe I've met with somebody four or five times and then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, I wasn't sure if I could trust you yet um, because, you know, you're new or a new person to me and whatever. But like now I've met you for a couple of weeks and here's this bomb that I want to drop on you of like, you know, here's this bomb that I'm not qualified to, to, to deal with. And it's like, well, I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you, you know, uh, being transparent and opening up. But, you know, if that's what you're dealing with, I'm not your guy. Right. Um, I'm sure a lot of people go through that and that has to be disheartening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you, you finally build up that trust and you build up that trust. And the first thing you bring out is, oh, I don't know if I can handle that. I got to give you someone else. And it's like, I have to go rebuild this trust again. Abandonment. Yeah. It's abandonment, Chris. Well, well, yeah. Well, therapy's fucking us up. Abolish (laughs) therapy. Well, just like my father. My father's very, very good. <laughs> good dad. Well, yeah, and, and as a therapist too, like you know, just like you, you reflected, that's it's pretty demoralizing as a as a client. It also sucks as a therapist too, and admittedly, because like, I, I mean, it hurts because we, I mean, at least I can only speak really speak for myself. I mean, I'm in this industry to help people, right? I mean, that's that's sort of the whole point, and to know that I can't help somebody after, especially knowing the stakes of, you know, go putting yourself out there, going to therapy, which is, you know, a stigmatizing thing, you know, uh, admitting that we have a problem, which is not something that people are comfortable doing X, Y, and Z, uh, and then being told, Hey, by the way, I can't help you. Um, that's, I mean, that, that sucks from, from on both sides, right? There's sort of no winners in that game. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure as a therapist, you're feeling like, I want to just be able to help everybody. Yeah. Like, like you said, that's why you got into the field and the, have to say i i can't do that yeah well and it's got to be a tough yeah i mean and basically every therapist like knows how to deal with like the common you know anxiety depression like regular everyday phase of life you know uh the human experience stuff right um and so that's where a lot of people are comfortable staying um but a lot of therapists specialize in particular areas and like you know particular niches where like for instance again some of the as it relates to the the conversation last time uh, with with eating disorders, right? There's uh, there's therapists who like specialize in that particular realm, um, and there's you know kind of ongoing debate of like those should be essentially should be the only people working with that particular population because they're the only ones really like super qualified to do it, right? Um, or and it's not just eating disorders, but like personality disorders is another sort of you know group of of people where it's like ah like don't really work with personality disorders like unless you know what you're doing kind of thing um and i mean there's also even like particular age brackets where like you know certain therapists may say hey i don't you know i don't work with kids right and that's something that you know i in full transparency uh i don't work with like young like young kids because it's just not something i'm particularly good at um i I mean it's difficult for me to relate to like a six-year-old uh when i can have an intelligent conversation with like you know as as young as maybe like a preteen or so but you kind of beyond that it's like ah it's it's difficult for me uh, you know in full transparency um to to kind of relate and 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 speak on their level and x y and z so i just don't take them on right it's easy to not take on those clients from the get-go i know i'm not it's not a good fit for me um, or for the client, right? So I could just say no right from the, the get-go. This situation that you're talking but, about is challenging because it's like, you know, you already have an established relationship and then you learn something and then it's like, uh, you know, where do we go from here? Do I try to stick it out and potentially be in over my head or, you know, re- you know, do this sort of soul search and realize that maybe the best place for you to be is not with me kind of thing. So this is a good uh, spot for Nick to give a little advice. Sorry, Kyle. It's okay. So would you recommend someone for the first time going to therapy if you think you have one of these disorders, like maybe a personality disorder? Obviously, you're not um, 
capable of making that diagnosis yourself, but if you believe you have something like this, do you think you should get that on the table in the first session? Um, yeah, no, sure. I, I, that's probably, probably fair. I mean, also too, a lot of times when you're like choosing a therapist too, that you're usually like a little, you know, depending on what site you use or, um, if you're, you know, signing up at a, a local in-person place, or whatever, there's usually kind of like a, a blurb, uh, about what that person, who, what's the population that people, that, uh, therapist works with, um, you know, and that kind of thing, what their potential niche is. And then, can kind of see like maybe that's a good fit maybe it's not um because i do think something you'd also touched on in the in the uh pod was just kind of the idea of like the therapeutic rapport the the relationship you have with your therapist being like the most important thing which is you know i think kyle had said it's uh it's more important than the actual skills that the therapist has right um and that's something i say with my clients all the time too of like you know I don't have to be the most skilled person in the world as long as I can connect with you. That's really all that that matters um, because you're going to listen to me. You're going to trust me. You're going to respect me, uh, X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, hopefully the skills are sort of an added bonus, right? Um, but entering into the field, that was my perception is like, I need to be the most skilled clinician in the world. Uh, but you come to find out that, you know, a good 80% of progress in, set in therapy actually just comes from the relationship you have. So if it doesn't click, you know, my recommendation too, if it doesn't click, um, then, you know, then it would be, I think in the, the client's best interest and something that you should consider to, to potentially, you know, ask for a referral or, or seek another option. Cause it's, although it's not impossible, uh, to, to continue to find progress despite it not clicking, but you're certainly fighting an uphill battle, which you're already fighting an uphill battle. That's why you're in therapy. Right. Um, so it's probably best to find somebody that you do click with kind of thing. So something that jumped out to me back when you're talking about they're specialists that, I mean, yeah, they're specialists that deal specifically with these issues and these issues, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't that lead or, or wouldn't it lead to some situations where, it, like specifically in my case, and, and again, I don't have any diagnosis, but let's say I think I've got some sort of mood disorder and then possibly an eating disorder, right? Wouldn't that lead to some situation where I go talk to a specialist in eating disorder and then they say, oh, well, you've got a mood disorder. You got to go see those people. And then people get bounced around or, or is, I don't know, I guess hearing you talk about it and hearing my friend's experience in therapy, I'm, I'm getting a little bit annoyed by the way the system works. And, I, and I'm asking, does that happen? Are there any safeguards in the system? How do you avoid that if you think you might have multiple issues, which I'm sure a lot of people do, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overlap between our issues as well that like, sometimes it's hard to figure out like, is this depression? Is it bipolar? Is it this? Is that, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I certainly hear and can empathize with what you're saying that like, it, it certainly feels confusing, um, that like, right. I have to work with a eating disorder specialist and then a mood, dis you know, specialist and then this specialist or that specialist. Um, I don't know if so it's people do that. They work with multiple specialists at the same time. So yeah, sure. There are people who do that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's like something you have to do. I mean, when I say we specialize in a particular area, that doesn't mean that's all I do. I just mean like some people have extra training, extra specialties to like I deal with, you know, potentially I deal with like, you know, your regular anxiety, depression, uh, you know, mood disorders, um, X, Y, and Z, and also eating disorders kind of thing. But then another therapist may do all those things, but doesn't work with eating disorders because it's not, because it's, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's not like I can only specialize in this particular area. Whereas like in a, in a medical sort of industry, like, oh, I'm a, whatever, I'm a, I'm a heart doctor. I'm a brain doctor. I'm a this doc, you know, so you specialize, hyper-specialize in that particular area and you don't do anything else. Right. Um, 
a ther- you know, mental health is a little bit different uh, in that way, at least. That um, again, you should, in theory, have a, a a well enough rounded education around all mental health stuff to have at least a sort of a, a you know a competent conversation. And that's kind of um, to make a, a comparison too. That's sort of like what your primary care doctor is sort of supposed to do, right? They have sort of a, a well rounded understanding of the human body. Uh, kind of all the way around, um, but they're not necessarily experts in any one particular area. So maybe you go to your doctor and say like, hey, I'm having this, you know, uh, this issue with my heart or something. And they may do some preliminary scans and then say like, hey, I think you, what you really need is a cardiologist. I'm going to send you to the cardiologist because they're a specialist, a specialty uh, in that particular sort of area. Or, you know, hey, you're talking about medication earlier or in the, the previous pod, like, hey, I'm thinking about you know, uh, medication for, for my depression. Like, okay, I can probably prescribe it, but you'd be better off meeting with a psychiatrist because they know that stuff a lot better than I do kind of thing. Um, and so that's, mm. that's kind of, you know, I, hopefully a helpful kind of comparison. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That comparison made a lot of sense. Okay. So I was a little worried at first. I was like, I don't think Kyle likes this answer. And then at the end I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm uh, on board. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like, again, that's why it's hard for me to like give you an overarching answer to some of the stuff and why I always preface everything with like, I don't know your therapist. I don't know X, Y, and Z, but here's, here's sort of my perspective on it. Um, because there's so many moving pieces and parts to it that I can't necessarily speak on. But, um, hopefully again, this is some of this stuff that I'm saying as a over in an overarching way could be kind of helpful. Well, you're, you're being very careful and that's a little bit what I'm alluding to about the system. And if, if you're comfortable talking about it, I'd like to hear about that. If you think, does the system do what it's supposed to do? And, and I'm referring to uh, the guidelines, what you can, what you can't do, because it. I, I understand the reasons for these guidelines, and I think they are probably helpful. But sometimes you just want a doctor house to take control and just say, well, maybe this isn't exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I, but I can help you, damn it. Yeah. Are your are your are your hands too tied by the system? Do you do you ever feel that, or or do you do you think it's you think it's perfect? Or, or yeah, what, what do you what do you think about the system in general? I was uh, I was wondering that as well. Like I know like some in some ministries, it's like okay, they really need to change this about this certain aspect of you know that field. So is there that in your field? Very uh, good question, yeah, yeah, that's a difficult one to answer, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly things that need to be overhauled. Certainly, I mean, the way that we classify things and what is and isn't a disorder, and you know, if I, I mean, if I had my say in, you know, disorders and stuff, I mean, I would probably go in there and sort of change a lot of stuff about different diagnosing and and what it actually looks like versus what the textbook definition looks like and whatever. But, um, but I, I guess to answer the question of like, do I feel like sort of. Uh, they have my hands sort of tied behind my back. I mean, I don't think that necessarily. I mean, there there are rules, and as far as the again the code of ethics that you you know have to abide by. Like also like on a legal sort of perspective as well. Like so, if I again, yeah, sometimes you just really want to bang your patient, but you can't. Like, is that a problem for you? You know? Yeah, right. That is something that's clearly unethical, clearly not good, uh, and is something that's warranting of me getting my license taken away. Right? Fucking uh, system, right? Yeah, fucking system. Uh, but. But like even again related to the the issue that you talked about in the last pod, like again if if hypothetically I was your therapist, right, and I continued working with you despite knowing that I I'm in over my head, 
well, I mean, first off, is that the therapist that you even want, right? If it's somebody who doesn't, who's not qualified to talk to you about that particular issue, I mean, is that the person you want working with you, first off? But even let's say you do, right? Uh, well, again, from some of the code of ethics stuff, it would that would say that that's you know unethical, first off. Uh, but also, you could potentially, like I as a therapist, could potentially be held liable if, for instance, I gave you bad advice and you got worse, right? Or uh, potentially even like lose my license if like say it, you know say it was an uh, it was an eating disorder and maybe uh, more like um, well whatever uh, yeah could possibly I could potentially lose my license if it, like you died because you know if, if maybe it's binge eating and you're overeating and you know I did nothing about it and I didn't report it and yada 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 right like um, there is a scenario where that happens and now I'm losing my license as well so I do have to be careful on some level Right, because if you take that Doctor House mentality and you're like, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing this. Right, that I and then it goes terribly wrong. It's someone else's mental state. Right, and and the, you know Doctor House or whatever. Obviously, it's also you know uh, a, a over dramatized TV show that you know that that character in real life would probably would actually probably have gotten arrested and actually you know or in you know Grey's Anatomy or whatever oh, numerous times you know Doctor I would yeah. love like a realistic one where yeah. it's like Doctor House and then like the first episode is him getting arrested and losing his license that was it. you think it's going to be like this doctor drama but it's just yeah. him in prison yeah and same thing with like Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that where again like there's been so many different things that you can argue that it was the right thing to do what like Doctor Grey did you know saving X Y and Z patient you know despite you know the ethical repercussions of it or whatever um you know you can argue that that was the quote-unquote right thing to do but you know in you know in real life that you know she would probably have been arrested like a hundred times throughout that show right uh if that's really funny to think you know if a therapist or if you know if a patient or client or whatever um actually reported her for it right so this is also what i'm talking about too because and and those are what you've talked about are the are the good reasons for the system and it's it's also a lot about covering you, the therapist, and, and that, that makes sense. But are there ever times when you, you really feel like you could help someone, but you just can't because you're Your not supposed tight. to? Yeah. I, I guess yeah. you've already answered this. I, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Uh, so uh, as an example, um, say I'm working with um, two clients who are adults and maybe have different last names, but they're sisters. Right. Um, so there, there are two sisters. Um, they live in the same state, but, you know, different towns, different last names, X, Y and Z. Right. And say I'm working with both sisters at the same time and neither one knows that I'm working with them. Um, and throughout our time, maybe we've been meeting for six months, both for both of them. Right. And then in our conversation, one of them says, oh, by the way, fuck my sister, X, Y and Z. Um, you know, here's her name, here's where she lives, yada, yada, yada. I now know that we're talking about the same woman, right? Like, I also know her, and it's, you know, it creates an ethical dilemma where, like, in theory, I'm not unbiased anymore because I know both of those people, right? So now when client number one complains about their sister and then client number two complains about, you know, client number one, I'm in a bit of a pickle here because now they don't know that I know, but I know that they're talking about each other. And now I can't provide helpful, unbiased services to, the, to either one of them because I know too much, right? And that's part of 
one of the, you know, code of ethics, you can't like be there, you know, therapist with somebody that you have another relationship with kind of thing, like a dual, dual relationship with. Um, and that's a version of that in theory. Right. And so now we're in a bit of a situation in, right. you know, I could understand this, you know, um, feeling as a therapist that like, Hey, you know, I'm working with them. They don't know that I'm working with them. So what's the harm? Right. And that's like the, this ethical, like this line you, you, you know, can choose to walk or not. Right. That's why some of the, the rules in the code of ethics are a little bit gray. Um, that's potentially a situation where hmm, one therapist may say, Hey, you definitely have to terminate with both of them. Right. Refer them both out. Um, you know, that's, you can't be unbiased. Right. And then, you know, you might have some other people in the industry saying like, well, I mean, if they don't know, and if you're able to like separate it, you know, as best as you can as a clinical professional, you know, maybe, maybe it's okay. Right. Um, and so that's, that's potentially something that, you know, you may not want to necessarily abide by the, a strict interpretation of the code of ethics, uh, if you thought it was in the best interest of your, your clients. Right. So, so you mentioned that gray area um, earlier in this episode. You were talking about there are certain things you would change about you know your industry. Is one of those things kind of hammering out those gray areas and making them more black and white? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of them you you really can't make much clearer, yeah. right? Like, there's not. I, I guess to to rephrase that question, I, I'm kind of interested to hear what things you would like to see change in the field. Are you allowed? To discuss that is that something you can talk about uh i mean i don't know if i would necessarily have a great answer uh for you i mean specifically i mean there's yeah there's things like that that just come up in in practice right in the while working with clients that i'm like oh that's kind of messed up that that's the case um but you know this is sort of the the system and we kind of have to operate within it on some level right because if you don't your license is a state so right 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 and you know Again, so much of the code of ethics stuff is is very gray, and and on some reason, on some level, potentially like gray for a reason. That like, if I'm, I don't know, uh, subpoenaed and I'm brought into court or whatever to respond to, you know, something that I worked on with a particular client or whatever, um, you know, I, it is potentially helpful to have some some open to interpretation sort of aspect of it, right? I mean, that's like some people may read the you know the code of ethics as gospel right exactly what it says to the t like that's that's the rules right but most people would probably take it and say like well you know there's that's probably open to interpretation there's probably something you know that it maybe relates to this thing but not that thing um and so without going through like the whatever the code of ethics like line by line i I don't know if i necessarily have a great answer i mean there are certain things that i think are so silly and and especially like procedural stuff that just seems like crazy, like licensing. Um, you have to get licensed in every single, like in every, uh, every state that you want to practice in, which mm. like, is just silly, right? It just doesn't make sense. We, I mean, the, the, it's a cash grab. So, so right. So if I live in Rhode Island, right. Um, which I do, I have to, you know, I'm licensed in Rhode Island, but in theory, I can't work with anybody from Massachusetts unless they agree to come across state lines into Rhode Island and work with me in theory. Uh, yeah, that's outdated. And then I have, so how does, how does that work with online therapy? So every state is different, right? So it goes by every state has their own licensing board. First off, every state also has their own like 
laws around certain things. So it's not, sometimes it comes down to licensing boards, sometimes it comes down to the state specifically, but certain states um, allow like out of state providers to provide services to clients in their state. Um, so, um, so I work on a virtual platform. I have clients in California, even though I live in Rhode Island, I'm not licensed in California, but California allows out of state um, providers. Uh, so that's why I have the access to, to the ability to work with them. But in other states, it's not the case. Their, their laws are such that you have to be in the state. You have to work with clients only in your state that you're licensed in. So, so there, there are states out there, you know, you hear, oh, betterhelp.com, getting therapy has never, never been so easy. But there are some people in some states that are like, I, I can't use that. Yeah, well, so, I mean, in every, so clients in every state can access better help. Um, no, like, no matter where you are, there's therapists in every state that are on the platform and are able to, you know, able to provide okay. services. That was really stupid of me. Um, so the the person just on BetterHelp would have to be from that same state. Yes. To work with that person. Okay. Yeah. In the, so again, every state is different. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but say you know somebody is from Nebraska and they want to start working with a therapist, they can sign on and meet with a therapist in Nebraska, even if Nebraska only allows them to work with providers in Nebraska. So as long as the person's licensed there, you're good. Um, but there's other states where it's perfectly fine. Like California is one where they allow out of state and in state providers. But, um, so that's just one thing, right? It's just a silly thing. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to work with somebody in Chicago, in LA, in Seattle, in Houston. It doesn't matter. I mean, mental health is still mental health, right? I mean, I may not know the landmarks that you're talking about, like as far as the, you know, geography or the, the, the climate or things like that, because I'm not there, but I mean, mental health is mental health, and I can still help you work through some of that, right? So I think that's that's silly. Uh, the ability so, to oh, I have a counterpoint there almost. Yeah. So, say you working with someone from Rhode Island would be a little different than you working with someone from like Chicago, inner city kids. Um, you know, uh, that is a little different, no? Because you wouldn't be able to relate to that. Not that you can't relate to it, but it is a different environment, right? Well, I mean, sure, on some level, yeah, but I mean kids in Chicago. I mean, there's also kids in the hood in Providence in Pawtucket in Central Falls and whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so again, I don't have to know their exact location that they live in order to understand their empathize with the, what they're going through or be able to help them. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, I was it's just a, trying to play devil's advocate a bit there. No, no, no. I hear you. But and I have, you know, I'll have clients sometimes say like, you know, say they're, they're one of their issues is, is parenting. You know, I don't have a kid, right? I'm not a parent myself. Um, and so I've had clients come to me and confront me and say like, well, what do you know about being a parent? You're not one, right? And I'm like, you're right. I, I'm i not a parent, right? I don't know what it's like being a parent, but that doesn't mean I can't help you be a better parent just because, you know, I, just because I don't have a kid doesn't mean I'm not necessarily, you know, qualified to help you manage your feelings, manage your thoughts, control your actions, X, Y, and Z as you navigate being a parent. Right. Yeah, because you're not raising the kid by giving them advice. You're right. giving them advice on how to cope with these things while they raise their kid. Right. So it's, I think, a, a similar kind of dynamic in that way that, like, somebody from San Francisco, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it's like being in San Francisco, never been there. I know it's expensive, uh, Golden Gate Bridge, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know a ton about San Francisco other than that, right? Um, but I can, you know, if you got anxiety, you got depression, you got X, Y, and Z, hey, I can relate to that. Hey, I, or I know how to help you work through it, even if I haven't. Re- felt those same feelings myself, I know I can, you know, I'm trained and, you know, in a way to help you get through that. 
Um, so that way, I guess would be something that I would I would change, right? Uh, as far as the the licensing, it just seems silly. There should be one universal license. If I'm in Rhode Island, if I'm in Texas, if I'm in North Dakota, what's it matter? Um, you know, I can provide services to whoever. Um, so that's I guess one example to answer your question. All right. So this episode ended up going super long. So we decided to cut it into two parts. So catch the second half of this interview next week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. This is life being bound to love.